Welcome to the Essential Astrocast. I'm your host, Veronica Peretti. I'm a yoga teacher, a coach, and most importantly, an astrologer. And that's why I come to you every week here in your podcast feed to let you know what's going on up there in the heavens so that you can dictate your fate down here on earth. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Essential Astrocast. I'm Veronica, and we are halfway between the eclipses. So we had our lunar eclipse that is a full moon, and we had that in Gemini, and that was just about a week ago. And now next week on Monday, the 14th of December, we will have our solar eclipse, our new moon in Sagittarius. So eclipses happen when a new moon or a full moon is near the nodes of fate. And that is why eclipses often catapult our journey toward our destiny. They often inspire us to let go of what is holding us back and really energize us to move toward what we want most. And this is a very interesting eclipse season because it's making space and making way for a very important transit that's coming on December 21st, which is the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction, also known as the Great Conjunction. And this is a moment in time that is important because they're meeting up in Aquarius. And Saturn and Jupiter haven't met up in Aquarius for hundreds of years. And in fact, they've been meeting up in Earth signs for over 200 years, other than one little blip on the radar, which was in the 1980s when they met up in Libra. This is really important because we're shifting into a 200 plus year cycle of these planets meeting up every 20 years in air signs. And air makes things spread. It makes ideas spread. It also makes other things spread like respiratory droplets. So we are going to have a lot of air energy as we move into 2021. Really important because on one hand, it's going to lighten things up a lot. On another hand, it is going to make things viral and not just the virus, but ideas, conspiracy theories, technology, all sorts of things, right? So I think we're really going to see the next wave of technology. With every technological advancement, there's always a con, there's always a drawback, right? So it'll be interesting to see how this Aquarian age, for lack of a better way of putting it, kicks off. Now, some astrologers talk about how this is the beginning of the age of Aquarius, or it brings us deeper into the age of Aquarius. Some um, believe that the age of Aquarius isn't going to start for a few more hundreds of years. I'm not exactly sure, and I don't know when the age of Aquarius exactly starts. I haven't been living for hundreds of years, so I don't have all of that much experience to go on with naming when ages begin and end. But I will say there is certainly a shift in energy that we will be experiencing and we are experiencing. And this eclipse season really feels like a clearing 
out a clearing of the clutter as we move toward that December 21st conjunction, the great conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter, and it's on the winter solstice. So it is going to be a day to mark. If you haven't already marked December 21 in your calendar, please do so. You might want to do a ritual on the solstice. You might want to do that at dawn when the light and the dark are even in the sky. And there is a saying in Sanskrit, in yogic teachings, the, they call it the Brahma Morta. The time of day is Brahma Morta. Morta is time. Brahma is a name for God. And Brahma Morta is the most auspicious time of day, which is dawn, when the light and the dark coexist. And it is considered a time of peace because they are equally coexisting in the sky, the light and the dark. It's a time of ahimsa, which is non-harming. So that would be a really nice time to do a ritual. You can also do a ritual before we get there. If you like, I am going to do that this week. I don't like to do a lot of manifestation rituals during eclipse time because generally eclipses bring us information that we didn't have prior. So what you're manifesting, what you're creating, what you're desiring might not be as clear. The other thing is that the sun and the moon aren't operating normally because eclipses are shadows. And that means we're working with the shadows. We're working with our shadow self. We're working with the parts of ourself that we can't normally see. So it's not a time for manifestation, but it is a great time for clearing out the stuff that you want to clear out. So whether that is old beliefs, old habits, people that are no longer serving you, relationships that are draining you. This is a great time to clean house. So one of the things I recommend doing this week, because we are in the last quarter of the lunar cycle. So we had the last quarter moon in Virgo on Monday. And this week, the moon gets darker and darker each night as we move toward the new moon which is when the sun and the moon come together and there's absolute darkness in the night sky because with the sun conjunct the moon, the moon doesn't have space to reflect the sun's light. So new moons are a time of um, allowing ourselves to be empty, clearing out right before the new moon in the dark of the moon is the days prior to the new moon so that we can welcome in what's new. So I recommend this week as we are approaching the dark of the moon and we move toward the new moon, the new moon solar eclipse, I recommend writing down everything you want to leave in 2020, whether that is beliefs, habits, relationships, ideas, stuff, people, jobs, whatever it is. I want you to write all of that down and then very safely burn it in the dark of the moon. So in the days leading up to the new moon solar eclipse, make sure that you're either burning it in like a stainless steel bowl or near some water in your sink near some water so that you can, as you burn the paper, let it crumble into the stainless steel sink or a bowl and then, and then throw some water on it. Anyway, With that said, do it safely. The other thing you can also do with eclipse season is you can do a tratakam 
meditation, which is setting your gaze on the flame of a candle. And as we watch the flame of the candle, the flame always seeks upward movement. It always moves toward ascension. And so meditating on that, and that's another really beautiful thing to do around these eclipses, because again, we're working with the shadow and the light is not clear. So if we can focus our attention on the light, on the flame of the candle, it brings us back to our own light, to our own wisdom. So this week we've got Neptune still very much in the ball game. So things are not so clear. Now, things during eclipse season are never all that clear, so it's okay if you're not sure what to do right now. This is a good time to reflect, not a good time to take action. I know that can be really frustrating because eclipse season can often make us feel like we have so many changes we want to make, but we just don't know how to get them going or something externally is keeping us from taking action. So I want you to think about this being a time of incubating and preparing to take the action once we get to um, that winter solstice, December 21, the Great Conjunction. You're going to be wanting to take a lot of action. All of the planets are pretty much moving direct right now. Uranus is the only planet that is still retrograde. So we're really feeling that call to move forward. And these eclipses are just giving us the last bits of information that we need. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit more about the solar eclipse. But first, I want to mention what's going on earlier this week. Neptune is still a big part of the story right now. Last week, we talked about Neptune. He was, he is squaring the nodes, and therefore he is a part of this eclipse story. He was a part of the Gemini lunar eclipse, and he is part of this solar eclipse, not as much a part of the solar eclipse, but still we're feeling his impact. Neptune is the ruler of Pisces, and he is a mystic. He is interested in the spirit realm. He makes things feel foggy and hazy. He can be wonderful if you want to meditate or create or paint or play music or listen to music or dance or enjoy poetry. He is not great if you have to work on your spreadsheets or make a plan or deal with details, you know? So this is a really good week to take some extra time for yourself to do some journaling, some meditating, some yoga, take a bath, all of those self-care things, which I feel like I'm telling you every week to do those things. And truthfully, you do want to do those things every week. But when Neptune is really prominent, we want to do those things even more so because we're going to feel frustrated if we're trying to work through the spreadsheets or work through making plans, we might butt up against frustration. So to avoid that frustration, give yourself a lot of space to sit back, relax and reflect. Allow yourself to dream and fantasize And you're very much tapped into your creativity right now. So this is a great time to do some creative projects if you have those on your agenda. So Wednesday, we have the sun squaring Neptune, which can bring on feelings of self-doubt. It can make us energetically sensitive. 
It can make us feel like we're lacking confidence. This is a great transit for daydreaming, not decision-making. It's a good time to reflect, not take action, as I mentioned. And your escapist tendencies will be illuminated. So if you are a person that turns to the chocolate or turns to the wine, you're going to see that this week. It's also good when we have Sun square Neptune to maintain your boundaries because Neptune, again, ruler of Pisces, it's the ruler of the ocean. The ocean has no boundary. It's the most vast thing we understand. So when we're dealing with Neptune and Pisces, which is where he is right now, he's in his, his home sign, his domicile. We don't really see or feel the boundaries. And so if you've been working on your boundaries this year, and I know so many of us have because everything that's going on in terms of you know, the virus and public health and not seeing people or seeing people and quarantine pods and masks and, you know, boundaries are what we're dealing with. And if you feel like people are challenging your boundaries, this is going to be a week where that is going to be even more prominent and it's going to be hard for you, but you're going to have to maintain the boundary despite people not understanding it, not seeing it, and possibly challenging it. Neptune is still squaring the nodes. So if you feel lost, if you feel like you just don't know what to do with yourself, how can you be of service to someone else? And I say this because Neptune is in a square with the nodes, which creates a T-square. That creates a tension. And so the release point of that T-square is in Virgo which means that how can you be the selfless servant? If you are exhausted, which by the way, all this Neptune can make you extremely exhausted because Neptune rules sleep. And eclipse season makes us sleepy anyway. So I have been noticing that I'm sleeping nine, 10 hours a night when I usually sleep eight hours a night. So it's we're all needing a little extra sleep right now, and that's okay. If you need to sleep in a little bit, just work it out so that you can sleep in a little bit right now and don't beat yourself up for it. If you're feeling untethered, if you're feeling like you have no purpose, if you're feeling lost, ask yourself, how can I be of service to someone else? So someone was telling me today how they're not going to be with their families for Christmas So he and his partner are going to bring food to a bunch of different food pantries in the New York area. So find ways that you can be of service to ground your own energy. If that feels overwhelming, if that feels like I am so tired, how I don't have enough to give to myself. How can I give to anyone else? If that's how you're feeling, then step back, you know, clear the schedule get in the bath, get some sleep, pull the covers over your head, call it a day, watch some Netflix, zone out. Totally okay if that is how you respond to these transits this week, okay? The other thing that can be really healing for this, we want to turn to those Virgo themes, getting back to your routine. So if you're feeling like, you know, being of service, too overwhelming to you right now, being in bed, too anxious to do that, get back to your routine. 
whatever that is, if that's waking up and meditating, if that's going for a run, if that is making a smoothie in the morning, whatever it is that makes you feel like you have control of your life and you are committing to some self-care, that's going to be really useful too. So those are lots of ways that you can manage the energy. Thursday, we have the sun diving into the south node. So the sun is in Sagittarius still, and he is going to dive into the south node. And there's two ways to think of this. One way to think of this is that it's going to illuminate all of our bad habits, all of the things that we rely on when we feel stressed and overwhelmed because the south node rules the things that are comfortable for us. Another way to think about this that I really like is that the south node is a void and the sun is going to fill that void and shoot that energy to the north node, which is in Gemini. And Gemini is the master of words and communication. So when the sun illuminates that north node, it will inspire us to express how we're feeling in our journal, with our therapist, with a friend, maybe by listening to music, maybe by singing, maybe by chanting. But words are really powerful when we're dealing with Gemini. This is a great week to listen to music to soothe your mind and your spirit. I know so many of us, including myself, listen to podcasts. I mean, you're listening to this podcast right now, but I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts and audiobooks, and that can be really inspiring and fulfilling. But sometimes turning those voices off, taking in less information and turning on some music is really soothing for our brain. And so this is going to be a great week to put on some music and just get lost and use that as an escape mechanism versus something that isn't so healthy like the chocolate or the wine or something else. This is a week where imagination is going to run high, but discernment is going to run low. So you really want to pay attention to your protocols, your mask wearing, your social distancing, all of that stuff. Also on Thursday, Venus will sextile Pluto. This is going to be really helpful for tapping into your healing power of love and compassion. So if you have been feeling like you need some connection, Thursday is going to be a great day to connect with someone that you love. The moon's going to be in Libra, so it's going to be a great day to connect in with your one-on-one relationships with friends, family, your partner. It's going to be some sexy energy this week too. Venus uh, sextile Pluto can have a little sexy energy to it. And then on Friday, the sun is going to trine Mars, which also can have a little sexy energy to it because Mars is our sex drive. So the sun trine Mars It'll give us a boost of confidence. We might feel a little bit energized on Friday, but you want to watch for the unconscious ego overload because we still feel the sun square Neptune and that's overlapping with this transit. So that means sun square Neptune is making you feel like self doubt or lacking confidence. And then the sun trines Mars, which is making you feel overconfident and maybe even arrogant. 
So watch for some competitive energy showing up on Friday. Really good day to move your body, go for a run, do whatever it is, get on your yoga mat. Mars energy always does well when it's channeled through the physical form. So really do some physical exercise on Friday to move some of that energy through. Pay attention to the news because I guarantee that there are going to be some unconscious ego overloading that we see on the news on Friday. On Sunday, Mercury is going to square Neptune. And again, Neptune, still part of the story. I just feel like there's so much Neptune right now that none of us are really seeing clearly. And if you feel like you're stuck in a fog or a haze or your brain is just kind of checked out, it's not you. It's the Neptune. So on Sunday, Mercury is going to square Neptune. It's going to be hard to focus. You might lack that feeling of confidence that you normally have. Again, music and meditation are going to be really soothing to the mind. And this is a great opportunity to open up to the creative flow. So if you're a writer, if you're an artist, this is a great week. If you are someone who deals in numbers and spreadsheets, not the best week. Remember, imagination is high, discernment is low. So you know what you're working with. On Monday, we have the solar eclipse, new moon solar eclipse in Sagittarius, 23 degrees Sagittarius at 11.17 a.m. Eastern time. This solar eclipse is going to be conjunct Mercury. So it has a lot to do with how our minds work, our thinking, and the truth. Because Sagittarius rules the truth. It is a truth seeker, okay? It's also conjunct the south node. So this is going to be about releasing some of those untruths and releasing some of those old beliefs that just no longer align with where you are and who you are now. This solar eclipse also trines Mars, which means it is preparing us to take action. You might feel like you could jump out of your skin. You want to take action so bad on Monday, and it might not be a bad idea to take action because it's a pretty tight trine there, Um, but we're still dealing with all that Neptune and the rising of this solar eclipse in New York is Pisces and the rising planet is Neptune. So we're not going to have all the information and we might still be feeling a little foggy. We might be having some serious eclipse hangover vibes. Venus is also going to be sextile Jupiter and Saturn on Monday during the solar eclipse. So this indicates a strong ability to achieve your goals. So all in all, this is going to be a really potent, really fertile eclipse It is a total eclipse, even though we won't be able to see it here in New York. So we're going to be feeling this one. It's pretty intense. And I mentioned a few podcasts ago that that is the day that the electors vote here in the U.S. for the election. And this eclipse is actually pretty prominent in you-know-who's chart. So watch the news (laughs) next weekend into next week. It's going to be interesting. Let's hop over and check out the moons. So we had the last quarter of the moon on Monday in Virgo. And then on Tuesday, the 8th of December, 
the moon moves into Libra at 7.01 p.m. And we have the moon in Libra until Thursday night when the moon moves into Scorpio at 8.59 p.m. Eastern. We have the moon in Scorpio on Friday. Friday is going to be a sexy day between the moon in Scorpio and the sun trine Mars. It's a lot of sexual energy. On Saturday, the moon moves into Sagittarius at 9.39 p.m. Eastern time. We will be in the dark of the moon. And then all day Sunday, the moon will be in Sag. And then on Monday, we will have the new moon solar eclipse at 11.17 a.m. Eastern time. And then right after the eclipse, the moon will go void. And we will have a void moon all day, which means you might feel a little bit out of sorts because the void moon can make us feel a little spacey as well. So pay attention to how you're feeling on Monday. Definitely don't overload your calendar for Monday, the solar eclipse day. And then that night at 10.35 p.m. Eastern time, the moon will move into Capricorn, and that will be a little bit more of a grounding energy, and we'll move into the next week. And we'll talk about that next week. So until then, have a wonderful new moon solar eclipse in Sagittarius. I only have 10 spots left for eclipse readings. So if you want a short mini reading, 20 minute eclipse reading to see where these eclipses are impacting your personal chart, you can sign up for that. The link is in the show notes below. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. Finally, come find me on Instagram at Veronica Peretti. I'll talk to you next week.